the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Christina, welcome back to the coaching series. It's great to have you back here. How's it going? Where are you? What's happening? It's going well. I'm currently in Joshua Tree for a few days in California. So it's the desert. We're in a very artistic open floor plan loft. Very good for creative endeavor. It sounds amazing. It's one of the flexibilities of not having a job is you can now work from anywhere. You're location independent. Yeah. So that's really nice. Except when I need to actually shoot something in person, but you can work around that. Yes. Yes. So how are you finding the flexibility? Have you been using it to go different places? Like how was the first, I guess you're probably four weeks into having complete control of your own time. How are you finding it? It's great. It's also difficult. Your friends say, oh, we're going out to the desert for a few days to work on our big artistic projects. Do you want to go? And you're like, yes, I can do that. So that's really awesome. But one of the things I found that I was really good in my job with time management, because I think things kind of had like set dates and you figured out what pace you needed to move them along. And so but I'm finding on my own, it's a little trickier. I've always been in the place where I'm like, after work, I just scramble to get everything done because, you know, you have to work your eight hours and then you have to fulfill your client work. So like juggling all that was just kind of out of necessity. And now it's like, I need to actually think a little more strategically about how I put things. (laughs) And part of that is on me for creating expectations for clients where it's like, how far out is the shoot date? How far out will delivery be? And instead of being like, oh, I can squeeze you in here and I'll try to turn it in in the evenings. I need to just be like, no, my calendar, the next opening is here and it's going to be two weeks turnaround or whatever, not two days. And if you want it faster, it's going to be a rush fee or something like that. That's something I need to do on my end is start creating those boundaries and expectations. But I was just wondering if you had any advice in general for, you know, setting a self-employment schedule when projects come in, not like latching onto them and trying to get everything done at once. And like, how do you plan out that kind of day to day so that you're not working 24 hours at a time all of a sudden? (laughs) (laughs) Have you found that you're working more than you've ever worked having left then? Or like, is this been your experience? Like now there is no boundaries and you're just working. Yes and no. I'm definitely not putting in the hours that I was before total. But it's just a little haphazard. Like I'd like to find a little more balance for myself. You know, I want to schedule out a block out time where I'm working. And I guess that means, you know, setting expectations for clients so that I'm not trying to turn three projects in one day kind of thing. Because it's a little more like, well, I have the flexibility so I can go play tennis at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Then you're like, well, I have three projects to edit. So I just guess I'll do that in the middle of the night. You know, just... (laughs) It's a little, (laughs) I'm not like working as much as I was before at all, but it is a little haphazard. Yes, I completely understand that. So a couple of things that came to mind. The first is being your own boss is the most incredible and exciting thing because you're your own boss. It's also one of the biggest problems because you're your own boss. 
and we are easier to let down than anyone else. So if you've said to yourself, I'm going to do marketing on this day and it doesn't happen, it's like, well, okay, never mind. You know, I'll get over it. Whereas if you said to someone else, I'm going to do a project, well, it will happen because you won't let someone else down. One won't let someone else down. Seeing those commitments is really interesting. The second thing that came to mind as you spoke was, I don't know if you've heard of this, the week before your annual vacation at work, it's like this holiday vacation syndrome, whereby in the three days prior to going on holiday, all of the work that has to happen will happen. Like it just, it happens, it has to happen. And you had those time pressures put on you because you had a full-time job. So the full-time job meant you have to work your eight hours and then you will get it done no matter what. It will happen. That doesn't happen now. Now we have this space (laughs) that we can be a bit easier, we can be a bit cooler and we can be a bit calmer. But that has changed things for you. And I think what you're going through is perfectly normal. My business partner, Simon, speaks about this. When I landed the question on him, what would it take to get him to quit his high-paying job and get him to come and build pop-up with me? For the next year, he really struggled with how do I stay motivated? How do I fill my time? Like I'm used to following someone else's schedule. Stuff happened each week. Like it was all given to me. It was quite easy. And even though he was taking control, but he just knew it had to happen and it was part of the business. It's going to take some time to do it. My advice is, number one, having a very clear, what do I want to produce each week? So like a very clear, like, what am I producing? What are the outcomes I want to get this week? Because if you start with what are the outputs, then you can start to go, well, okay, what do I need to focus on each morning, each day to make those outputs happen? In business, when you work for someone else, it's quite easy to get those outputs because it's a well-defined business and it's this and that and they've been doing it for years. When it's your own thing, sometimes it's a bit more difficult to know clearly what are those three outputs, what are those things, what do I have to do? So given your time so far, how clear have you been about what must happen each week? Not super clear. I think only clear on the necessities as far as like client projects, turnarounds but not really clear on my other stuff, maybe the marketing and the booking and the keeping up. I have someone that schedules my Instagram for me, so she keeps on top of that for me, which is great. She keeps on top of me. <laughs> She's like, um, where are the next month of posts? And I'm like, uh. But yeah, I've, I don't think I've done a great job with that. So do you have, because this is really interesting. So when you've got the Instagram lady saying, where's the next month's post, it always happens. Do you have a fellow business owner that each week you say, here's the three or four things I'm going to do this week. And you both commit to each other. And then you both check in at the end of the week and go, what happened? How did it go? Have you done it? Because it's amazing how much committing to someone else means you're more likely to do it. Committing to yourself. I do this. I go, oh, I've committed to myself. No one else knows. It's okay. I can get away with it. I'll just do that next week. And I let myself off. Whereas if I've committed to my business partner, Simon, or my wife, I don't want to look bad in front of them. I want to to do what I say I'll do. Yeah. Do you have someone? Do you have some friends? Do you have a... I have no friends. No. I actually have a couple... (laughs) 
have a couple that people in mind. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any friends? I hate to break it to you, but I'm a loner. Um, I have a couple people in mind, actually. I have one specifically, actually, because she runs a, her own business too, and we talk about it a lot, fairly close in general. So I, I actually think that that would work really well. Because it could be really useful for both of you to go, here's the three things we want to move on. Here's what we want to do. I'm going to do this client, this client, and I'm going to set up Google My Business. Those are my three things. Once I've done those, I am happy. (laughs) And then whatever else happens is a bonus. And then we'll move on to the next bit. I think having that will really help you to do it. I do think with the client work, it is worth estimating roughly... So the client has booked me to do this photo shoot and these things and then putting it in the diary and committing to it will happen at that time. I do think that is important when it's client work. For me, the magic is it's in the diary. So these coaching episodes happen because you and I put a date in the diary. After we finish, what's generally my next question immediately after we finish the episode? Oh, what, are, what am I going to do or what are my next steps? And then when are we going to talk next? And I've kind of put a deadline on myself (laughs) and you (laughs) to go to the next step. And because it's in the diary, it will happen. And I think getting to that stage of it's in the diary, it will happen at that time. I'm committed. That's how you make things happen. You commit to someone else. You put a date on it. You put a time on it. And you do not let that other person down. You do not let yourself down. It just happens. I am sensing a degree of nervousness about this plan. Tell me what's going on in your head, Christina. I think this is with everything, with the niche thing. Reticent to like make hard plans or make like hard schedule because I'm like, well, what if that day or something comes up or this or that, or it's not enough time. But the thing I need to remember is you can always adjust it, right? (laughs) To set something is like the first step. And then you can change it if need, but I think so. Sometimes I, my brain works in such absolutes that I'm like, oh, don't set anything because, like, what if you <laughs> mess it up? You know, what if you break then? So then change it, I guess. But yeah, you're right. You could definitely change it, but I know exactly what you mean. I am a little bit commitment phobic at times because I'm like, what if I actually don't want to do that on the day? What if I get invited to a really cool party? Well, you know, who knows. I know of all these friends you've got, they might invite you out to some kind of cool party. That never happens to me. It's not a problem I face. But it's, it is like, what if I commit to doing it? Well, you can change the plan and go, actually, I'm going to do it this day. Or actually, I'll rush to get it done early and I'll put in work the day before. Like we can change the plan. It's just having that commitment of it will happen. The one danger of this strategy is when you put it in your diary, you don't do it, and then you move it forward to the next day, to the next day, to the next day, and then all of a sudden it becomes this big thing that just is floating over you that you never do, that just keeps getting pushed forwards. And I'm only mentioning that because I may have done that in the past. Um, I have to, don't worry. (laughs) You're not alone. But I definitely think in my mid-30s, I started to get more committed. If I say it's happening, it's happening, and I will not let myself down. 
And I think there's an integrity to oneself. Like if I've got a reason and I go, well, okay, like it doesn't have to happen today. I can do it the day before, the day afterwards. That's okay. But I'm going to follow through with my word. And I do not put nice to haves on my diary. I do not put things I maybe do on my diary. I only put the stuff that I am absolutely going to do. Otherwise, my diary becomes this thing that moves around and shifts and places. And then I've, I lose respect for the diary and myself. <laughs> Does that make sense? That sounds weird, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, no, but it, it works. I think that's part of the thing is like, I have two things that happen to me. One is I am overambitious. I've learned to give myself breathing room in my schedule. If you're like, well, I'm going to the gym from this time to this time, and then I'm going to do this to this, you forget that there's time to drive and shower, right? Between the gym and doing this other thing. So like, I've learned to put in more buffer time. I also learned, I think maybe this was from getting things done to put parking lot time, I call it, where it's just a chunk, like maybe before lunch or before I clock out. So I think it goes back to what we talked about last season, where setting the most important things or the big important thing for the day. And then if you have extra time, fine. Good talking this through. I think you are 100% <laughs> right. Uh, it's what's the big item? What's the big thing? What's that one thing that I want to do today that if I get done, I will be happy? And that is the thing you attack immediately, straight away. You have fun with it. You throw your energy into it. You get it done. And then you go, okay, I've done my one thing. I can have a break. Or actually, I've done my one thing. I'm excited. Let's keep going. That tends to happen to me is like I do my one thing and then I'm like, this is cool. I've done it. Let's keep going. You also have the option to have a break and have some time. I am more productive when I do the one thing and then I have time in my diary, just space, because then I can do what I want to do. There's an emergency client call. There's a thing. There's a whatever. I have some space to deal with that stuff. If I've overscheduled and I've got back to back, like I'm doing the gym from this time to this time, and then immediately afterwards, I'm doing this and this, and then immediately afterwards, I'm doing this and this. Life never follows that plan. I feel like I need at least an hour or two blank space between stuff so that I can do my bits, do my things. And it's not over committing. If I commit to more, I do less. If I commit to less, I do more. And it's a very strange thing. So committing to the one or two things you're going to do, then they will happen. And then relaxing afterwards will enable you to do more, I believe. Yeah, we're going to try that. Let's have a go. Let's do a mini experiment for the next week or two and then see what happens. My wife, Katie, has this thing of, I, I'm set up to do some podcasts, so she's got some free time. In her head, she is going to finish everything off her to-do list in that free time. Then she does one thing because everything always takes longer than you imagine it will. And she feels down that she hasn't done it. And then you lose one loses motivation. We don't get much done. Things go wrong because we haven't lived up to our unrealistic expectations of I'm going to clear my entire to-do list today. And I think unrealistic expectations lead to disappointment, which leads to the thing it's actually trying to protect you against. So I have this thing in life that whatever you're afraid of happening, you will wish into reality, it will happen. So if you're afraid of not getting everything done, that fear is what will make you not get everything done. It's like skiing and snowboarding. If you look at the 
tree, you will run into it. Like <laughs> if you fixate on it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Whatever you're focused on, whatever you're afraid of it, you will bring it into reality and it's not nice, but it happens. So the more we think I'm afraid of not getting everything done, the less we get everything done. The more we just focus on what's the one thing that I need to do today, actually, you'll end up doing that one thing first thing in the morning, feeling good that you've made progress and then doing 10 other random things that you were like, oh, I've got to so much today. And then you feel good. And it's really perverse. It's really strange. It's just the way the universe works. Schedule things, but not over schedule. But I'm, I'm like Katie. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I have two days. I can do literally everything. <laughs> Which I was actually, I was upset because I'm here right now and I forgot my hard drives, which is, I realized it's, it's still annoying me, but I, it's probably for the best because it kind of like corralled, like I can only work on certain projects instead of trying to tackle 50 projects at once because I have my hard drives. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of limited, which is probably good (laughs) because otherwise I'm going to come out of this two days later and be like, Well, I actually didn't do anything because I was trying to do everything. So how many live client projects do you have at the moment, Christina? Five. So we've got five live client projects that need your attention driving forwards and working through. Yeah. How are you going to make sure those get done? Do you have, do the clients have, I need this to be done by X date? Have they given you deadlines? I did set kind of deadlines in my contract. Maybe some of them are too tight, like that's on me. I do set kind of like expected turnaround time. So I guess really I'm going off of that. How are you going to make sure those five clients get looked after to the best of your ability over the next couple of weeks? Just really for me, it's keeping it top of mind, which I have, you know, kind of like your post-its on the wall behind you. I have a wall of projects, like what's happening, what the next steps are. And I I keep them updated. So it's a visual reminder. I also have it in, I started using ClickUp. I've been using that to also track time to see if I'm priced. That's kind of for my own edification. I guess it's good to know how much time you spend on everything, but also to make sure that I'm charging appropriately because sometimes I don't realize how much time might go into a certain project. So when I bid them down the line, I need to make sure I'm bidding the right amount. I think that is very smart because everything takes longer than you think it will. That's life. We think, oh, I'll get that done in an hour, so I'll charge them this. And actually, by the time you've done the client call, bid for the work, done the follow-up call, (laughs) sent out the stuff, it's like three or four hours work or half a day, and that completely changes. So I think that's very smart to look at. One of the biggest challenges for any entrepreneur is getting things done. And I think This is the fascinating part. It's not often knowing what to do. It's the work. It's just how do you make it happen on a daily basis? That's the biggest challenge. So from what we've spoken about this morning, what do you think you could actually implement that would help you make progress on your projects each day, Christina? Uh, Commit to scheduling. Scheduling only the big thing. And then if you have time or you want to do other stuff, then you may, but only focus on the one thing. And then moving forward with projects, making myself be realistic about my deadlines and turnaround times. And do you think you could have a go with your friend, the business owner, 
about committing to the top tasks each week and see if she'd be up for being someone who will just, you'll hold them accountable to what they've said and they'll hold you accountable. Yeah. Excellent. So what, is that the main challenge you're facing at the moment? Has there been anything else going on? No, that's the main thing because I just feel like, you know, that leads to this feeling where you're like careening out of control. Like you're like, well, this car has no brakes on it, you know, or steering. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't want, like, I want to create kind of a rhythm. I don't want it to be like a haphazard mess all the time. Yes, we speak a lot at our business about having to go into superhero mode because you get out of control. There's so much going on. So then you have to go into superhero mode to throw your energy, your time and do it. And superhero mode is not a sustainable way to live. It's fine for a day or two, maybe for a week. But if you try and run your life in superhero mode, you will run out of energy and you will fall to pieces. And finding that sustainable rhythm of here's my main thing, here's my main task, here's what I'm going to do. I just do this each day. I do these pieces each day. That enables you to have downtime within it. And I think making sure you have blank space in your diary, maybe even a blank day where you do what you want to do, that it's not all scheduled, that it's not all planned. And if you need to rest, you rest. If you need to sleep, (laughs) you sleep. If you're excited about doing stuff, you go and get a coffee and you crack through the list. But having that time to do what you need to do each week will allow you not to have that careering out of control feeling, which happens when, oh my God, look at all the stuff coming up in my diary and I haven't even got to what I have done. And ah! So following up from last week where we were talking about the marketing and the consistency, it is perfectly acceptable to say that's gone out of the window. I'm just curious to know, has any of it happened? Have you moved that stuff forwards? It it hasn't happened. And that's part of that is like, because I was having time management issues, it was kind of like, yeah, I was getting to like, I have to do all the, get all this stuff done. And then, then it was like, oh, that stuff was not, you know, necessary, but kind of elective. I wasn't committing to scheduling it in anywhere. Instead, I was like, no, no, I must jump into all this other stuff. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm, ready to be done with my day. And then you know, it just never, ha- it keeps moving it down the road. So I get a little like, oh, well, I'm going to set this first hour of work to do marketing emails. And then I go, well, I need to really, I need to get started on this project now. Like I can't wait an hour. So there are things that are not urgent and not important. An example of that would be watching Tiger King. That's not urgent. It's not important. <laughs> But somehow those things take up a lot of our day. And then you have not important, but urgent. An example of that is the phone ringing. We don't even know who's on the other end. And it's someone else's agenda. It's not yours. It's not necessarily important, but it's urgent. Like you can't leave that phone ringing. And it just takes your attention away from what you're doing. Or it's an email that comes in that says this other person, I need this from you now. And it's not important for your world but it's urgent because they're coming at you. And then on the other side, we have urgent and important, which is when the client goes like, this is an emergency. I need your help now. And it's well-paying. It's important for you. If it's urgent and important, we deal with it. I guess the second example would be a baby crying. That's urgent. The baby needs help. And it's important. It's your baby. 
it needs dealing with. Let's deal with it. Those or things. Like, Why is there a baby here? <laughs> we need to handle this. <laughs> I don't even have a baby. I don't have a baby. Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, probably still falls in the same place. <laughs> and then the final one is not urgent, but very important. And the things that fill into this category are marketing your business, sales work, managing your finances dealing with your tax return up until a certain point, <laughs> then it does become urgent because the tax man writes you a letter and say you're going to be fined unless you do it. Getting to those bits, they are the things that make your life better, but they're never going to scream at you to do them. They're never going to shout, Christina, I need your attention. They're just going to sit there looking deserving. And it's actually making sure part of your working week, part of your day is spent on non-urgent but very important things. And part of your week every week should be spent on that quadrant that is non-urgent but important. What happens, though, to nearly everyone, including us, is that we spend most of our week on the stuff that is urgent and important because it's shouting at you. And you rarely carve out time to do the stuff that sits over there needing to be done but never actually gets done because there's no consequences. It's not urgent. Until it is in six months' time when you don't have any business coming in and you're like, oh, I must do the marketing. But until that point, it's not. My final piece of advice on this subject would be scheduling some time to do the things that are important but not urgent because it's never going to shout at you. It's never going to demand your attention. It will just sit there quietly waiting. And I guess the question for everyone listening to this is... What is the important stuff that's not urgent that you've been putting off that you need to make time for each week? And it's probably a bit of time working on your website. So here's one way to actually make the important stuff urgent is to schedule it with someone else. So Christina and I are going to do a website episode with Henry. When was the last time you updated your website, Christina? Maybe I added some more pictures last summer, I think. <laughs> So maybe we did a little bit a year or so ago, but it's one of those things that's important, but it just never is urgent. It just sits there and nothing breaks unless you do it. But what we've done is we've said, okay, so we're going to set a time with Henry. We're going to book an hour. We're going to go through your website. And then guess what I'm going to ask you at the end of that hour? What do you need to do next? And what are you committing to? And then I'll book another call to go through whether you've actually done it or not. And then suddenly we've taken something that is important, but non-urgent, and we've made it important and more urgent. So you can quite easily take stuff that's in that box and you can move it to a different box, which is some of the strategy we've been talking about of scheduling it in the diary, creating space, asking your friend to check in to see whether you've done it. That's putting a bit more stakes on this stuff that's important and non-urgent. What are you going to test? What are the top things you're going to test? Top things I'm going to test are committing to scheduling, like a minimalistic scheduling. They must do urgent focus stuff. And then the important, but not urgent, but need to do, I mean, like build that in, follow up with an accountability person, and then maybe set like, maybe we'll just set a day of the week, a day and time that is our target check-in, what it is that we want to check in on. And I would say just one last thing on the urgent but important piece. 
Like if something is truly urgent and important, you do not have to schedule it because it'll just be screaming at you until it's done. And I think actually when it's something like that, don't bother scheduling it, just get it done. And then you can have some time to relax and then work out what's next. We very rarely need to actually schedule urgent and important things. Like they grab your attention, like you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire. That is urgent and important and it will just happen. We don't need to schedule it. We don't need to do anything. We just make it happen and then we can get on with the other stuff in our world. And that is going to happen. Things are going to derail you. They're going to take your attention. Then we have to take a deep breath, relax, and then focus on what we do next. We have a plan. We have something to experiment within. I think this has been a fascinating episode because one's ability to get things done in a calm, relaxed manner is directly related to how successful you will be in life. If you can happily and in a relaxed way get through some stuff that you want to do and have fun, you will make massive progress and feel good each week. If you live in overwhelm and in superhero mode, it's not a comfortable ride. Christina, this has been great fun chatting. We have a plan. We know what to do. We'll come back to Google My Business and Marketing in the next episode. We've got an episode coming up with Henry looking at the website, and I'm really excited. And I guess actually next time, here's the question I'd like you to think about as well. What do you want to get out of our coaching together? Where are we going with this? What's the objective? Because we had a very clear objective in season one, get clients. Very clear objective. I don't think we've set that this time. And I think for everyone listening to this podcast, this is a useful thing for you to do as well. What do you want to get out of listening to the coaching series? Where do you want it to take you? And maybe in the next month, what's your short-term goals? Like, where do you want this to take you? What do you want to get out of it? It's always fascinating like, to have a direction and to know, are we moving in the right way? I think I have something in mind, but I'll refine it and fine-tune it for you. I love it. Perfect. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.